This is the Let's Go Win Podcast with your host, J.M. Ryerson. What is happening, you guys? Welcome back to the Let's Go Win Podcast. You're here for a Tuesday tune-up, and we're going to be talking about sales today. We're going to be talking about some real estate. We're going to be talking about really how can you live your best life because that's what the show's all about is helping you be happy healthy wealthy and get better every single day the gentleman i'm gonna have on today he is extremely bright he's young he's successful he's a good dude his name is jason lee and he is a highly respected commercial real estate broker in san diego county he specializes in helping investors strategically grow their portfolios through acquisitions 1031 exchanges and maximizing property values over the past few years, he's closed over $300 million in real estate transactions for more than 100 clients. His journey began with a digital marketing agency he started in college, helping local restaurants with their online presence. Before that, he worked in the service industry and retail while graduating magna cum laude from San Diego State University. So yeah, he's living in paradise in San Diego. What's up, Jason? How you doing, brother? Hey, JM. Thanks for having me, my friend. It's truly my pleasure. I mean, when I say young man, brother, you are a young dude. And I mean that. And you've clearly had a lot of success, but you've done it at a pretty early age. Talk to me about this experience and how you've gone about doing that. Because again, it's pretty remarkable. When I look at you, I talk to you. I'm like, this guy's got his stuff together. I don't think I had it together as as early as you did, man. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's the that's the typical response they get when they um, when people interview me. I, I'm definitely like a, a young guy. Um, I'm about to be 27, but I think I just kind of found my passion early. I found it, you know, um, three quarters of my way into college. I, I just fell in love with real estate. Um, the idea of investing in it, selling it, everything just got me excited. So I'm just happy that I'm blessed to have found a career that really, you know, keeps me going. Uh, keeps me, uh, keeps the things different, right? So I just didn't want to have a career where everything was the same and redundant, clocking in, clocking out and doing the same thing every day. No day is the same. So I'm very lucky to do what I do. And I think that's why I've done well, because when you do what you love, it's a lot easier to do well, because when you enjoy what you do um, and you do more of it, it gives you energy. It doesn't take energy. So yeah, it's been a good ride so far. Well, and most people, I would agree with that. Look, when you're doing something you love, it's like you're never going to work. You're just having a great time every single day. But to find that at such a young age, that's remarkable. So how did you find real estate? Why was that a passion of yours? Because I know a lot of people, including myself, I'll raise my hand to say, shoot, man, I really wish I had found real estate earlier in life and taken it seriously. But how did you find that passion? Yeah, that's a good question. So when I went into college, I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I had a lot of pressure from my parents to go to grad school, to go to medical school. And eventually when I just became so miserable and depressed by taking classes I didn't want to take and was in the library for hours and hours trying to study for finals, I just started asking a lot of questions. I've always been a curious person. And I realized that all my friends in school who had a lot of wealth behind them, like their parents, they were all either invested in real estate or they owned a business that was somewhat involved in real estate in some way or fashion. So when I started asking a lot of questions like that, like, what do your parents do? Like, you know, how'd you guys, 
how do you live in a $10 million house in Orange County? And they say, oh, we own real estate. I was like, okay, well, what's behind this real estate thing? Because I, I knew nothing about real estate growing up. None of my family's in real estate. So I joined the uh, the real estate club on campus. I networked with a lot of people in San Diego and started interning for a great broker down here and learned the ropes from him. And uh, the rest is kind of history. Yeah, that's awesome. Especially in the area you're living in, Southern California, for people that don't know the area, look, it's some of the most expensive real estate in the country, certainly in some parts of the world, honestly. But it doesn't mean that that's all upper end. Did you start right in higher end? Did you go single family? Were you multi? Like, what what was your approach getting into it? Again, those that haven't been in financial services or real estate, sometimes having a young face isn't necessarily a leg up, but clearly you have overcome that and succeeded extremely well. So how did you start? Were you single family right out of the gate? No, I've actually... I've only sold one single family home and it was for a client of mine who we've been doing business for years just as a favor. So no, I I didn't start in single family. I I started in multifamily. Uh, I've sold apartments, apartment complex my whole career. So anywhere from three units and above uh, is kind of my, my bread and butter. And I definitely didn't start high end. I got my start selling, you know, these little apartment complexes, you know, in classy areas and areas where you don't want to go at night. And, you know, those areas trade a lot more and those owners are typically more motivated because those are the properties that have a lot of problems. So those are the properties that I focused on because not only was there less competition because less brokers wanted to sell that kind of product, but also I was finding that more sellers were motivated in um, a classy area compared to an oceanfront property. So I stayed away from like the nice class A areas because why would if you're an owner jm why would you sell you know a 10 unit property you own a block from the beach like why would you ever sell that property it doesn't make any sense it runs itself and it keeps going up in value and the rents keep going up so people don't people aren't motivated in those areas yeah and i actually ask that really strategically because i think often people see oh this guy is successful it just happened right out of the way no man you got to cut your teeth along the way and like you said maybe start with a smaller units in maybe the most not most desirable areas per se, but then you do continue to move up. You learn your craft, you get better and better at it. And you mentioned 1031 exchanges. So people that don't know what that tax code is all about, what does that even mean, man? How do I take advantage of a 1031 exchange? Yeah. I mean, in the simplest of terms, anyone can Google it, but like to put it simply to where people can understand it, it's if you sell a piece of real estate and you don't do a 10 throwing exchange and you take your cash and you have escrow wired to your bank account, you're going to pay tax on that when you file your taxes. But when you do a 1031 exchange, you can defer that capital gain by putting your profits into a like kind property. And a like-kind property just means another investment property. You can't take those funds and put it into a stock. You can't put it into a single-family home that you're going to live in. It has to be an investment property. So, But if you do sell an apartment complex, you can buy any kind of investment. You can buy or any kind of investment property. You can buy an industrial property, a retail property, an office property, so or, or even vacant land. So it just has to be a, an investment property, one for another. And... The two biggest rules you have to remember is 
it sounds great because you don't pay capital gains tax when you sell, but there are some caveats. Number one is once you close the property you sell, you have 45 days to identify the property you're going to buy. And you have 180 days to close on that property after you identify those one to three properties you're going to buy. So that's the one big caveat that people don't know about. And that's what actually holds up a lot of investors from doing it because a lot of my investors I work with, they're scared of that time crunch. There's ways to maneuver around it and buy yourself more time, like asking for extensions during the escrow period when you sell your property. But that's like the one big rule people need to be aware of uh, for the 1031. So we mentioned in your bio that you started a digital marketing agency in college. I have to imagine, and again, I know a little bit about your business, enough that I've seen your Instagram and you and I have chatted a little bit, but I'm curious, how has that helped you or how have you used those skills in what you do today? Because this is a digital world, man, uh, the, you know, it becomes increasingly so. So having that skill set, I have to imagine, has greatly increased your sales, your growth, uh, everything that you're doing, really getting your 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 name, your product, your brand, everything out there. How have you used those two to really grow the real estate side um, from your background with the digital marketing? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I mean, branding is everything. Um, having a having a good personal brand or a good company brand, it's it's really everything. And I've taken the lessons I learned from that agency and I put it into my business and it's worked great because digital marketing can be applied to any business. Yes, you have to have a different strategy for every kind of business or niche you're in. But yeah, I mean, I think having that knowledge of the new age marketing gave me an edge over, you know, the, the guys that have been in the business for 20, 30 years who are still doing it their way. And I kind of want to be a dis disruptor and do it differently and take a risk that way. And it's worked because we are going more and more into a digital world. So as AI and as all these new technologies come out, I want to keep adapting. Whereas a lot of people in this commercial real estate industry, they're really not like they're the slowest adapters. Like mm -hmm. most people still use direct mail to, you know, find properties in commercial real estate. So it's just like very archaic compared to a lot of other industries out there. Yeah, that is kind of crazy to think how fast the world's moving. That direct mail is still successful, which, look, no shame on it. It's just a, a great cost that you're incurring when you have such a digital platform at your beck and call. I want to get you mentioned AI, brother. How, what tools and what are you really using today and how are you using it? Because it's I mean, it's been about a year now since, you know, chat GPT made the big splash. And there's so many different platforms that are available to us. I don't talk about this probably as much as I should on the show. So how are you using AI to really advance your platform and, and, and your brand? Man, I mean, ChatGPT4, the, the, the new paid version has been amazing. I mean, it can create like really good email templates for like mass email campaigns. You can train it. So I can actually train the AI, the ChatGPT to like talk like, we talk in our business. So I'll like transcribe my entire website, all my videos from YouTube, my podcast. And I have all these hours of like training videos and transcripts. And I can put it into the AI and say, hey, use this info 
to provide training for my agents and talk like I do. And it'll take all that info, soak it in into its little AI database and spit it out when my agents that use the platform ask the questions that they need to um, you know, go through a sales cycle or find a new lead. So it's been really good for training. Like, and I'm using it right now. And it's just like really helped automate the process. Instead of me answering every single question, they can now you know, ask the AI, like, how do I do this or that? How does this contract work? And the AI knows because I put all that info into it and trained it and it knows how to answer it correctly. If you just, a lot of people just use ChatGPT like a blank slate, like I'll ask any question and it should spit out the right answer. But if you really want the best optimization of AI, you need to train it in order to talk like your business and has to understand your business specifically and your strategy. And that's what I've done to help kind of automate some of the processes in our marketing and our training. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, you're cutting so much time. It allows you to be doing more sales, doing more. It sounds like you're bringing on agents, so more recruiting, building your team. I want to get to the sales side of things because you mentioned bringing on sales agents, so you're 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 building your team. But you saw from your start in the career, people come and go, and you see that in every sales industry. What separated you from a sales point of view from those that didn't make it in the real estate market? If you were to say, gosh, man, I wish everybody did these one to three things as a salesperson to really succeed, whether it's in real estate or whatever sales endeavor they're in, what have you found to be most successful for you, brother? Yeah, fantastic question, JM. I think the number one thing that people need to realize before they go into sales is does my personality type match this kind of career? Because it's really not for everyone. And the biggest reason why I see some people leave the career quickly is because it's just not the right kind of day-to-day for them. I mean, it's very fast paced. It's very, you know, it's very fast moving. It's all commissions kind of eat what you, uh, you kill, you eat what you kill. So some people are designed for that. Some people are not. And something that's worked great uh, that I've learned like recently is the disc profile test kind of, it's like a personality test that helps you put people in the right place. And the high D's and the high I's in the disc profile test do well for my business. I'm a high D and I've realized that it's just not for everyone, but people get into the business because, you know, they see the potential, but you can make money in a lot of different ways besides sales. So you have to understand yourself first, but if you are made for it and your personality is made for it, the only thing you need to succeed in the business is you need to be tenacious. You can't take any rejection personally because you're gonna get rejected a hundred times a week, but one of those might be a lead. And if you take all those a hundred rejections personally, which I've seen a couple of my friends do that exit the business, you're not gonna make it. Every broker, every salesperson that makes it through this industry, they've been rejected thousands of times, but it's those three or four clients out of those thousands that have built their career. So it's really the highest ticket sales, I think, out there. Like you're selling 10 to $20 million assets at some point. So, you know, a 2% commission, that's pretty big. And if you have one or two clients that are buying buying up stuff that are that big, you're going to have a successful business. So it's extremely high rejection uh, base, but once you get some under your belt, it's it's all worth it. 
Yeah, brother. And I think this is where people in any sales endeavor, because it's not personal, right? Look, very often the people don't do it because of the price, the product, or maybe it's the person, but I've found it's very rarely the person. Typically they didn't care for the price of, of the item. They didn't care for the particular property or product that you're showing. So why do people take it so personally? I don't, I've never understood that because I guess maybe I have thick skin. I don't know, but it's like, yeah, man, who cares? You move on to the next, you did your best and, and go forward. Why do people take it so personally? Because I've seen the same thing. Some of my best buds, I'm like, dude, you're a great guy. They're not saying you're an asshole. They're saying, I just didn't care for your presentation. I didn't care for the product. Why do people take that so personally? I don't get that. You know, I asked myself that same question when I had two or three of those salespeople that didn't make it in my business. They just couldn't take the rejection. And I think it just comes down to, you know, one is ego. Like your ego gets bruised every time you get rejected, right? So if you don't have this overarching view of yourself that where, oh, I just can't get rejected, you're going to do so much better if you don't care about that. And that comes down to anything in life. Like if you don't have a big ego and you don't care what people think about you, you're going to do well, especially if you're in sales. Um, I think that's one. I think the other reason is like truly, if I'm being honest, my honest answer, I think it comes down to, you know, how they were raised. Like, you know, some people were baby their whole lives and told them that, hey, like you're the best thing since sliced bread and that no one can, you know, like they're just babied. And those kind of kids don't do well with rejection. And those were the kind of kids that didn't work at my brokerage. So I know it's kind of a, kind of a, you know, uh, straight up grueling answer, but like, it's just the truth that I've seen. So, I mean, it sounds like you're describing a bit of your culture. It's like, look guys, we're going to win. We're going to lose here, but there's no, there's no crying in baseball. Like that, that's yeah. kind of what I'm hearing at your culture that you're clear. Look, I would love to help you make money in real estate. I'd love to help you have this amazing career. But if you can't take rejection, if you can't take real feedback, you're not a good fit for my team. So is that part of your cultural values when you're bringing people on in your interview process? 100%. And the fact, yes. And to add on to that, JM, a huge thing, and I'm sure you taught this too, is like, don't be afraid to make mistakes, right? Like you learn from your biggest mistakes. So if you screw up a sales call and you sound like an idiot, you're going to learn from that and get better because you screwed up so badly. You never want to do that again. I think some people are just so scared of making a mistake. They go into that, you know, analysis paralysis and they end up doing nothing. They don't make any calls. They don't talk to people. They're just, you know, stuck in their little shell. But if you go in the mindset that I don't care about making a mistake, I don't care about, you know, messing up or sounding stupid because of course you can sound stupid. It's your first month in sales. So I think that's like the biggest thing I try to instill in people's head when they start, because I've seen some people even right now that are so scared to like do anything because they don't want to like say the wrong thing, which is just insane to me. But like I said, people are built differently and I just don't understand that. But I understand that some people that think that way have to kind of help them think differently. So, yeah. No, it is true. Like, look, I just had this conversation with my son. He got his ass kicked on the tennis court uh, two days ago. He's been playing phenomenal tennis. He got destroyed. I mean, brother, it was embarrassing. And I said, look, 
you can sit here and wallow in your woes and say, how you look at me, I'm the victim. Or you can say, what didn't I do? Well, get back on your feet, actually learn from it. You learned a hell of a lot more from that ass kicking than you did by you dominating the competition. And it's, it's just, these are learning opportunities. Um, brother, before we start to wrap up, I'm curious, what are you seeing in the market, man? Real estate is obviously it's been, uh, it's been really good for a long time. I mean, really since 2010 to about 2021, 22, I guess it was pretty good market. What are you seeing now, brother? And what, what are you kind of seeing for the future, the maybe next one to five years? If I'm sitting there going, I want to get in, is this a good time or, do I wait for rates? I mean, I know you've heard all of it. So what what are you seeing, brother? Great question. I think right now, if you're looking to get into real estate, it's the best time to get in because opportunities are coming. In San Diego, prices are down 9.5%. And owners are realizing that prices are coming down. So people are getting more motivated. And with rates doubling it affects cash flow significantly. So that property you bought for a million dollars at a 3% interest rate, if rates are at 7% now or even 8% for some product, that value is now significantly lower because if a new owner goes and buys that property, if it has the same cash flow, I'm going to make way less money because my mortgage payment doubled. So we're seeing things change right now. It's like a changing market, I can say. Some owners are in denial but some owners are starting to go into acceptance and understand that markets are not the same anymore. It's not the strong market we were in 2021 and 22. And people are adjusting to reality. I think a lot of people were in denial thinking that, oh, rates are going to come back down soon. But many economists are saying that rates are going to stay high for a long time unless you know there's a severe amount of jobs lost, which we're not seeing in the job reports right now. So... I think right now is a great time to be aggressive and get in either as a professional or as an investor because opportunities are coming. And when you go into a down market, you see some great opportunities because owners are more likely to fire sale. And when I buy property, we only buy properties from very motivated sellers. And that's where we get the deep discounts and get these high returns for our investors. So, um, all I can say is I'm excited about it. A lot of people are scared, but you know, like the great Warren Buffett says, be greedy when others are fearful. And now is the time to really make a fortune in real estate. And I couldn't be more excited about it. Yeah, man. I can, again, I'll reiterate it to be your age in that market, especially so San Diego property values haven't gone down. And I can't remember how long the fact that there's still these great opportunities available Yes, rates will go. But here's what's funny to me, brother. Even if you get in a 7% refine down the line, you know it's going to come down a bit. You know that you're going to have an opportunity. I never understood that thinking where, oh, I can't lock myself in for 30 years. How many people do you know actually paid off a 30-year note? I don't know a lot of them. So it's kind of funny thinking to me. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the, the best way to kind of um, summarize that is, you have to marry the purchase price of a property. You can't change what you bought it for, but you can date the rate, right? You, the, the rates change, they go up and down, but all that matters is what price did you lock it in for when the title was transferred in your name. And that is what we care about because like you said, the rates will fluctuate, will fluctuate. 
The U.S. is like in multiple trillions of debt. I think it's like $31.5 trillion worth of debt. They can't afford rates to be this high for forever. So rates are going to have to come down. Um, I think you and I can agree that there's definitely signs of a recession in the air, which means will cause rates to go down as well. So, and we have an election year coming up. So yeah, I mean, I think right now is a great time to, to lock in a great purchase price and ride it out until, you know, rates go down in the future. That's a beautiful, I've never heard it that way. You're marrying the price, but you get to date the rate. And it is so true. Take advantage of these opportunities, you guys. Jason, if somebody, whether they're in San Diego, SoCal, or they just wanted to know more about real estate, what you're doing, your background, all the stuff that you're doing, where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Yeah, best place. Um, you can check out our website, jlmcre.com, but I'm very responsive on uh, Instagram and YouTube. It's just that Jason Joseph Lee. I answer a lot of questions from uh, newer investors looking to get in on Instagram. So yeah, happy to connect with anyone. Uh, just to answer any questions, nothing in return. Um, happy to talk real estate. So yeah, thank you, JM. Yeah, brother, I'll vouch for it because again, I had questions on some social media stuff and he took time out, not because he got anything from it. He's a good dude. So go check out his stuff. Brother, I appreciate you being here, sharing your knowledge and just, again, man, just helping people understand that there's amazing opportunities if you just keep your eyes out for it. So I appreciate you, man. Thanks, JM. Yeah, you have a great show. So uh, if you're watching, please uh, give uh, JM a five-star review on the show. Uh, see, he already told you. Five-star review. Share it out. Follow. <laughs> do all those cool things. Uh, no, Jay, I appreciate you, man. It was awesome. You guys, please do share this because, look, real estate happens everywhere, not just Southern California, not just San Diego. When he's talking about this stuff, there's opportunities available to you in your area. And here's what I know. There's not one person with significant wealth that doesn't have real estate in their portfolio to some degree. It's the truest statement I know when it comes to money. So take a look and again, go follow Jason on his Instagram and he's an awesome dude. And until next time, remember your mindset matters. I appreciate all of you guys so much. We'll talk very soon. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. That helps us build this community, and that is what we are all about. Building this community as big as we can, helping as many people as we can, and deliver as much value as possible. Be sure to head over to letsgowinpodcast.com for information on my coaching courses, and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Let's Go Win 365. Let's go win and transcend in life. This is the Let's Go Win Podcast with your host, J.M. Ryerson.